Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Padres Social Hour, our final show of the week. We're doing this every Monday through Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Thank you again for joining us. Hope we can distract you a little bit. Hope we can uh, put a smile on your face. And uh, I really do believe today we will be able to do all of that. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But we got some fun stuff coming up. We'll catch up with Mike Pomerantz, Fox Sports San Diego. Really good to see his face earlier today. He's one of those, uh, I guess, faces and voices of normalcy for baseball in San Diego. We hear Mike every night on Fox Sports San Diego during the season. So really good to catch up with him, talk about everything that's going on as well as the baseball team. We'll have some fun with some baseball cards later. Uh, But the main reason I mentioned smiles, of course, is because joining me for the entire show today, the one and the only. Hey. Yeah, there he is. What's up? Bigger head than me. Jesse, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good. Um, You know, getting by and uh, just trying to stay home and playing by the rules, abiding by the rules. And hope everybody out there is doing the same because we want this thing to, uh, you know, Get the curb down as they're talking about it and and be safe and uh, not go out and socialize. And this is a great way to do it. And you, you made a good point, Jesse. I want to reiterate, life is what it is right now. We got to deal with it. So why not have some laughs? And um, I've always believed, I know you also believe that baseball is a distraction. You come home from work nine to five. If you work nine to five and you're a Padre fan and you want to turn on the TV for three and a half hours, take you away from life for a while. So hopefully we can do that during this time that's trying for everybody. That's exactly it. That is a very fancy looking microphone you've got right there. Thank you. I'm going back to like the sixties, Gary Owens and laughing. Remember? We remember you No, no, I don't. No. Young. Nobody watching remembers laughing. Uh you know what? I beg to differ. In fact, you know, I know. I, I'm just giving you a idea. How you doing? Right. I'm I'm good, man. Thank you. Same as What's you. You know, just kind of uh, be smart, you know, like you said, yeah. be smart, follow the rules to everything uh, like that. I've been torturing myself, though, every day. I've kind of been like thinking about the schedule and what would we would be doing. So like yesterday would have been a day game against the Braves, right? You know, like I love those weekday afternoon games. Yeah. Then today would have been an off day in Denver. Um, so I started thinking about Chiba Hut. that. Yeah, Chiba Hut for lunch or maybe that <laughs> diner for some pie. Uh, marquee Ooh, pizza. Who knows? The place for ribs, the barbecue place for ribs. Barbecue place. Really good. Yeah. Um, and so I looked at the weather for Denver snowing today oh yeah that's that's one of those i remember with the rockies back in 93 when i was with them briefly uh we got i'd have to look but it was in it was in may it was like early may where we got snowed out i believe it and everybody you know who's from denver and has been there you know just wait 20 minutes and the weather will change so hey you never know with denver but it's a good town and, and i mentioned this to you last time i think love everything about denver i love the city i love the people first pitch to last pitch Hate it. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. The baseball's not great. No, it's not. The rest not. of it is fine. It's not. And you know what? We, 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 I know we. I go off on tangents a lot. I know you know that. It comes as a shocker. But if if, if we could put a man on the moon, uh-huh. they could make a ball that works for Denver. Scientists out there, if you're watching Social Hour, come up with a baseball that is working in Denver. Okay. They, they have reduced flight balls. softballs. They have softballs. It's a thing. Do it for a baseball. 100%. 400%. Forcing. And then, by the way, you could you could bring the fences in, have normal baseball yeah. there, do yeah. the same in Arizona, wherever. Everybody's yeah. on an even playing field. Yes. There's yeah. there's no question. 
it's something that should happen. So it's funny, by the way, because, you know, I started looking at the forecast. So it's snowing today, which would have been our off day. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, fine. You know, like cool, but, you know, cold, but fine. By Sunday, 70 and sunny in Denver. It's unbelievable. It, you know, and it, it's one of the toughest cities to pack for. Yes. You don't know, you know, you throw in a sweater, you throw in a, a polo, you throw in a, a t-shirt. Uh, if you if you if it's an off day and you, oh, yeah, I'll just bring my flip-flops. You know, I like to wear my flip-flops in my dry fit shorts you know, go out for a walk. No, not in Denver. I'm going to have to bring like the full ski suit, like the one piece where you zip up. You'll have your mittens on. Have my mittens on walking around with goggles. <laughs> That'd be funny. In fact, when we go to Denver uh, next time, I'm going to bring like full ski gear, like goggles, helmet, and like carry my skis just in my boots and just like walk down 16th street mall. Snowboard on your, uh, yeah. Daniel Murphy in that guy's picture. I don't care. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, so that's what we would be doing. You and I, uh, we, we spend a lot of time generally together on the off days. We usually have a dinner at the end, like an early dinner. You, me, yep. Don, sometimes uncle Teddy, uh, remember that one time at Elway's with, with, um, with uncle Teddy and Don, that was great. I do remember. It was a lot that's of a, that's a good steak, man. That's yeah, a really good steak. Really good. I eat more steak during the baseball season than I like. I don't have steak. I, during- I had more steak during the off season this year. We had uh, for the Children's oh, yeah. Hospital, Rating Children's Hospital uh, Foundation uh, game auction. During the game, we were auctioning off. And then the people were so generous to donate $10,000 for Children's Hospital to dine with Don and I. And seven people came through. And I think we had we had six of our dinners. So, huh. A lot of steak by a, you know you don't a, have to order steak just because I you're know, at a steak. But you know what you, you, you go to a steak chop house you order steak you don't order fish or anything else do you you don't I know that no no I don't no. <laughs> that's fair though I do have an unofficial rule for restaurants if a restaurant is named after a thing you have to order that thing at the restaurant like if it's your only time there interesting like the place in uh, St Louis where they have pro- what was it called um the fish Astaria place or something something with pasta. Yeah. Yeah, no, but we don't know. It's the other two places for our hotel. One is a steak place and one's a fish place. Yes. Uh, what, 432, that. something like It's got a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prime something and fish something. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. You're right. We saw Mike Schilt there last year. We did. The Cardinal yeah. manager. Uh, we stay in Clayton and outside of St. Louis. Nice little town. Nice little town, Clayton. It's really grown over the years. Um, Geekster's on. I just saw Geekster had something to say. This guy says definitely order steak at a steakhouse. Generally, I agree. My point was Mud had like 17 steakhouse yeah. dinners in a two month period uh, because of his great charity work with Don. So I was saying you don't have to order it every single time if you're going to go to go to that many. That was uh, that was my only point. All right, let's talk a little baseball. Yeah. Really interesting one. I don't know how I feel about this. Maybe you can convince me of something. Maybe you don't know how you feel about it. Um, but you know, obviously the the hot topic all winter was the Astros and, yeah. and the punishments. And uh, the lack of punishment and, and that whole thing kind of unraveling. And, and we learned all about it uh, today. Buster only of ESPN reporting uh, that if in a worst case scenario, there is no 2020 season that the suspensions for AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno would be considered served by Major League Baseball. So they will have sat out the year, but obviously they wouldn't have missed anything if there weren't any games. Now, again, I kind of see both sides of this. Because if there wasn't a season, well, what did they actually miss? What were they suspended by? But then, you know, it sort of is like the free agent thing. And if guys are going to become free agents, it it kind of feels similar to me. It's a really, really weird situation. For me, Jesse, it's a no-brainer. I say no. I say you have to sit out games, not dates. It's kind of like a pitcher getting suspended if there's a brawl. Uh, There's a fight and there's a pitcher over near the first baseline and he's like pummeling the first baseman wherever. And they, you know, they watch all the videos. We see Altuve here in the trash can and then going deep uh, anyway. And then, Oh, where's the wire up? Oh, it's in there somewhere anyway. Um, but I think like a pitcher getting suspended, you, okay. He's suspended five games. What's that one start? Sorry. Yeah, that's what they do. It should be. Yeah. But it should be three starts. I think, or, uh, I'm or if, they, if they suspend him for, um, you know, I, I think it should be starts, not days. That's my point with starters. With starting pitchers, it should be starts, not dates. For the Houston Astros, in my opinion, I think this suspension should go to where when we start playing baseball again, and then you accumulate the days, the dates, and start Xing them off. Because if they don't play, 
what good does it do? That's just yeah. No, look, I, I I think probably push comes to shove. I agree with you that that it wouldn't be sufficient because it's it's unfair to everybody else because like they they would have ended up not missing anything. I guess mm-hmm. uh, they they just kind of sat on the sidelines as we all sat on the sidelines this year. So what was the punishment? Um, but the way it was written out, the the formal punishment was that the suspension ends after the conclusion of the 2020 World Series. So if you're going to read that literally, well, then the suspension would never end because there is there wasn't a 2020. Right. And in a court of law, if you want to look at it that way, as far as it's written black and white, well, hey, this is what it says. And this is what we, we've done our penance and we've set out our time here. So, hey, you know what? It's a even if there's, you know, I mean, we hope this whole thing gets gets uh, taken care of and, and gets wiped out. But uh, like you said, it's written there and nobody would have said, well, in the case of something like this happens, you have to sit out dates or games. So wait and see. on that. That's one. what it comes down to. Like, it's real easy to say in a vacuum, like, oh, no, of course they should have to serve the suspension in 2021 if there's not a 2020 season. But, you know, they, they have pieces of paper that, you know, they like you said, they could walk into a courtroom um, and and then the whole thing gets even more absurd and more ugly. And, and we've had enough of the Astros for, for enough years. But pretty crazy situation. I, I think the Astros get off the hook a little bit, too, as far as oh, a yeah. team. I mean, it was it, I mean. <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. I was kind of looking forward to the season starting and watching the Houston Astros go on the road and just get obliterated by the fans. And all. I mean, I'm, I'm all one for homemade signs. I love the homemade signs, right? When the Padres are playing at Petco Park and the, and the fans and the kids, especially, they make the homemade signs. I just could not wait for the signs and all the, uh, the fans and what they were going to do. The Astros, as they go to like Yankee Stadium, I mean, how, how, how good was that going to go over? I, and if off the top of my head, and and I could be wrong because I remember reading it over the winter, I think the Astros were going to the Bronx like the last week of the regular season. Like that mm-hmm. was their trip into New York. So, I mean, everything could have been on the line. The fans sure. are going to be all lathered up. It would have been would have been quite a show. We had uh, we had your old partner, Matt Vaskersian, on last week. He had, I think, for his first game, an Astro game, um, which obviously didn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say maybe Astros Angels. It doesn't matter, I guess. And, you know, he was saying, like, you know, they've been kicking around how they were going to handle that on a national telecast because obviously you got to talk about it, but you don't want it to overcome the entire, you know, night and be the only thing that you talk about. But he 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 said what you said, and I agree. I mean, they're definitely off the hook a little bit here. Yep. Uh, of course, more important things happening in the world, sure. uh, you know, than, than a team cheating at baseball. But, um, you know, they, they, they definitely benefit from this in a weird kind of uh, – off kilter sort of way. No question about it. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's a worst case scenario. If there's no 2020 season, obviously uh, both sides, players, league, everybody involved fans. I think, you know, they want to see a season played somehow or another, some way or another, but mud, one of the interesting things that's kind of been kicked around is because it's probably going to be a shorter season, perhaps even a much shorter season. It's going to be weird. Um, you know, you're not going to have the sample sizes you normally do. It's forever going to have an asterisk, even if unofficially people will look back and say, oh, that was 2020. You had the pandemic. You know, you only played 80 games. You only played 70, whatever it was, whatever it ends up being. And and so because of the weirdness of it and because of the fact that people will always sort of qualify whatever happens this season in that way, there, there's been a little bit of a movement out there to say, all right, if we're going to get weird, let's get weird and let's try some stuff out. Yeah. So I'm I want to throw some ideas at you. I, I'm all for that. I, yeah. You know, you and I have had discussions and Don has have had discussions about the way that baseball has been the same for many, many, many years and how other sports have gone to certain ways as far as, you know, for instance, I wrote down some notes are like tiebreakers, right? It's a tie game. Do you yeah. play the 10th inning and then the, in the 11th inning, you start doing some crazy stuff. Uh, I'm all for stuff like that. I'm all for uh, mixing it up a little bit. I, growing up as a kid, I'm sure you, Jesse, as a kid, Anytime you could get your hands on a ticket to a doubleheader, you were in. I, I guarantee you, you being a baseball fan, right? I see no reason because playing in the minor leagues, two seven inning games for a doubleheader. Yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with that. All right, so but, I'm gonna run. Um, I'm gonna run some rapid fire ones at you. Oh, okay, cool. By the way, I my my one doubleheader story I remember. It would have been oh three, maybe summer of oh three, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, went to New York to visit a friend. You know, during the summer off from college. And Mets and Diamondbacks were playing a doubleheader that day. So like you said, yeah, old school doubleheader, one ticket, two games. You know, you go for it, especially when you're 20 years old, whatever. It was like 100 degrees in New York. It was disgusting, right? It was just so hot, so gross. Right, yeah. And and I'm not going to name names, but there was a certain beverage company that was trying to promote a new drink. Um, It was a little bit off the beaten path, non-alcoholic. But they were giving out between games of doubleheader free bottles of this drink. Right. 
and you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is great. I'm a poor college kid. It's a hundred degrees, you know, everything like that. And the, the guy came by and we both looked at it and we were like, no, thanks. No, <laughs> It was that gross. Was it like moldy and stuff inside? No, it was just like the drink that they, it, it, it didn't la- like, it didn't, I'll tell you off the air what the drink was. I don't want to offend a potential sponsor right, out there. Right. But like it was, uh, it, it was just so gross your, looking. Yeah, it, it did not interest you at all to to guzzle that thing on a hot, even for free on a hundred degree day. Yeah, uh, all right. So that's pretty bad. That's yeah. Bad. Um, it's not a great story in my head. It was so. All right, if we're gonna get weird here, expanded playoffs in twenty twenty. Yes, I'm a fan of it. Okay, so shorter season, more guys in the postseason. Might as well just shake it up. I'm not a big NBA guy. I mean, I mean, I, I. I I'm not a big NBA fan. I don't watch a lot. Um, I love the sport. I think those guys are tremendous athletes, and it's it's amazing what they can do. But I'm not an NBA watcher. I love the idea that your team, if you're in fourth place in your division, whatever the case, and I don't even know if they're divisions, conferences, or I know there's an Eastern and Western. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the, the Bulls are in Chicago. Um, the um, and the Clippers are in LA now. Did you? Know? Yeah, that's right. And they didn't they just buy the forum, the great Western forum. And they're going to probably have their games there. I think maybe we're going to build a new place near there, near there. Okay, great. But anyway, I like the idea of more teams within your division, getting a chance to get into the playoffs. I just love that idea. It, it it's a case where during in uh, August or September and, you know, in the old days, like you're 12 games out and there's, you know, very, very slim chance of you making the playoffs. Well, under a new type of rule for expanded playoffs, that might give your team a little bit of chance, uh, a better chance to possibly make the playoffs and make it more interesting, and therefore the fans are more into it. Something to root for as you get down towards the wire and towards the end of the season. Absolutely. All right, next one. Uh, let's say it's in favor for 2020. Now we're not going to say, hey, we're going to force it on anybody in 2021, but we want to try stuff in 2020. Putting in a, a pitch clock, a legitimate pitch clock that yeah. the, the pitchers and the hitters have to be in on. You're Throw good. Throw the ball. Throw the good. ball. Get uh, it. Go. Got to go. Universal designated hitter. I think baseball will eventually go to that. I like the strategy of a pitcher. We, we've discussed this many, many times. I like the strategy, and that's part of managing. Managing the pitcher spot coming up, double switching. Uh, who should you get up in the bullpen? Should I go one more inning with this guy? Whatever the case may be. Uh, but I think baseball is going to turn towards the DH because offense it's offensively driven. Uh, I think the Players Association would love it too because it gives that one other guy the uh, the potential of playing every day like a, you know, like a David Ortiz. Uh, banning the shift in 2020. You got to have two infielders on each side of second base. No, I think you should be able to do what you want. I I, I believe the field is open from, foul, you know, the rules state that you cannot put a guy in foul territory. Although, so within the lines, you can position anywhere you want on the field. I think if you want to shift, if you want to put, if you want to put every guy on the right side uh, during that, bat, I, I, I think you should be able to do it. Hitters, make an adjustment, okay? Hitters are stubborn. Hitters are dumb. And um, they're going to, if, if there's a hole open side to the, to the left side, they will not adjust and try to hit the inside the out because they think, oh, there's no, we're going to hit the ball to the right side through the shift. And it's, I, I say make an adjustment. I say you should be able to shift as much as you want. Okay. Spoken like a true pitcher. Uh, I'm going to interrupt my rapid fire questioning of you on, on potential weird rules for 2020 because Ryan uh, threw this out there. I think it's very important. And we should probably just get to it before it gets forgotten oh, about. That's a no brainer. Ryko, it's me. Bet it all. <laughs> Bet it all. Um, oh, what's the? Oh my gosh! Uh, it, it just it, uh, my movie brain is is going blank. Uh, the Sting. Uh, place it on Lucky Dan. Place it on Mud to win versus Don. A lot of wind resistance against Don as he's as he's running. There's a lot of wind. It's like a, he's like a big sail. I'm not weighing in on this one. Oh, I'm weighing like- in. No, not way unintended on you. Oh, no, pun very much intended. <laughs> yeah, Ryko, bet it all on this guy right here. That, that's hands down. That's that's not even close. Uh, the other two I was going to throw at you for weird rules in 2020, you kind of addressed you. You're good with both of them. Seven inning double headers. Yes. And uh, what was it? Uh, oh, the extra inning tiebreaker rule. You know, get to the 12th inning, put a guy in second base. All right, let's just see what happens. I think seven innings is great. It'll save your pitching staff. It will uh, still, you know, seven innings is a legitimate time frame to where i think you can get three times around in the lineup um or mo- maybe more obviously but uh in fans it's not going to get you know although as a fan you know you love going to the ballpark you love being there all day but i think two sevens and i think this is kind of leaning more towards the players association that they would want to incorporate double headers and shorten the games by two innings it happens in the minor leagues i remember i remember pitching in the minor leagues and getting the start knowing that i was going to start one of the games with a double header 
I can smell that complete game right out of the yeah. get-go. I mean, yeah. I'm on the bus to the ballpark, and I'm like, oh, complete game. Complete game. Is that what that was? And then what was the other one? Uh, the tiebreaker rule in extra innings. Tiebreaker, absolutely. I say, I'd say, uh, I follow the rules of like Tommy Mansky's skills. Get the trash can out there. Get your outfielders. Get get the trash can. Lay it at home plate and hit fungos. And like maybe you know, best out of five, whoever can hit the trash can, you get the most balls in the trash can after five tries, end up winning the game. Home run derby, same type thing. Man on second base. I say mix it up. Make it interesting for the fans. Make it fun. I like this one from Tyler. You know that's when the Padre no hitter would finally come, right? You know what? That's that's a no brain. <laughs> Tyler, good call. I totally agree with you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Four pitchers. Over. How about the next game? The the, the 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 starting pitcher goes two hitless innings, so it'd be a no hitter. That's nine. Doesn't count. One game. Uh, I thought Kevin says, "Hey, you know, I, I want a discount on my ticket if you're only going to play seven. I don't know about that. You're you're not giving money back when the game goes extra innings, Kevin. Are you? I don't think that's so. good. You're call. paying to see a game. So do you say free baseball or bonus baseball? Uh, I say bonus baseball or reduced price baseball because it's not free. You're paying for a complete game. You're paying to watch a game. Yeah. Might be five innings range shortened. You don't get money back when that happens. You don't That's give true. money back when it goes 15. I like bonus because it's a bonus. You're, you're getting extra baseball. Yeah. I like it. Uh, you and I could do hours on terminology. We're not, but we could. Love terminology. Yes. Yeah, we're love vernacular. Love, I, I, it's something as a fan growing up, you know, listening to relatives, um, older uh players like in in um in high school to where you talk to older guys uh like if you're a freshman you talk to you learn the lingo that they learn through the way and then you go i went to the minor leagues and you know you learn the lingo and you learn all the terminology i'm a big fan of the baseball vernacular always have been i think it's a very important part of the game very nice uh, a lot of people are calling for butter we'll get to butter in just a moment yeah. your dog he stole the show on our very first uh one of these social hours also we're gonna have some baseball card fun coming up and i want to tease uh, if people do not know about the Mark Grant laundry system, patent, mm. by the way, MGLS, we are going to dive into that uh, a little bit later as well. But Butter got a gift, didn't he? Tell us a little bit about this. He did. Uh, Butter was so kind to receive a package in the mail from Petco, our sponsors, which I love. He just perked up. He's laying near the door here. Um, and and um, Pop Box. So we, we did an opening, uh, an unboxing of the gifts that were given to Butter. He was kind of wigged out a little bit. There was a squeaky toy in there, and I think he's scarred for life. I don't well, know. I think we have video, so why don't you uh, why don't you yeah, send yeah, us yeah. the video? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, let's take a look at that. Butter, you got a package. We were such a scar on social hour the other day. Hey, look! Oh, wait, wait, my treat! Look at, look at my treat! Come here! It's from Pop Box and Petco. Thank you. Come on, my treat! Look right here. Come on! Come on! See what's in the box. Look at Oh, toys. <laughs> okay, come on, I want a treat. Scared of it. Chew toy. Thank you. You got treats? Treats. All you want. Come on, over here. Are you going to come over here? Here, butter. Ah, boy. Well, we thank you, Petco. Thank you, Petco. It's where the pets go. And also Pup Box. A lot of good stuff in here to keep butter. Oh, butter. Fresh breath. Clean teeth for your halitosis. Thanks, Petco. <laughs> butter, come here. Come here. Up here. He heard he heard uh he heard on the tape. Come here, buddy. Come here. Oh, there's a big boy. There he is. Who's a That's a good dog. Who's a good boy? Does he have the good breath now? He's a lover. Oh, Butter, look. Say hi to Jesse. Say hi to him. <laughs> butter, what's that? What is that? Is that you? I see a cat. I see a rabbit. He's a good boy. Yes, yes, you're, you're a lover. Okay, now go. Now, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's a good boy. He's 17 months. Soon to be 18 and uh, still a puppy. So, he, you know, he's underneath my desk. Remember last time? Remember last time he went underneath my desk and he hit the power tree yeah. switch and it cut me off. So I apologize. Butter is uh, uh, Butter is a very good boy. We're glad he's there. All Hi, right. everyone. I love Butter. Uh, Lori Lee right there. Thank you very much, John. Butter should have his own show. It would be better than this, I assure you. It would I mean. be much better than this, yeah. 
Um, gave him a bath the other day, and uh, he was psychotic as ever. Getting everybody work, especially. Look, I got I got dog hairs all over me now. But uh, thank you, Petco. It's where the pets yeah. go. Very, very nice. All right. Uh, Mud is here. Obviously, a very familiar face uh, for those of us who uh, follow Padre Baseball on television. Another familiar face uh, is Mike Pomerantz of Fox nice. Sports San Diego. It's great to be able to catch up with him a little bit earlier today. Play that back for you in just a moment. Also, remember, we got some of your uh, your favorite baseball cards coming up. We're going to show those. Kind of a fun thing uh, that we've been doing with Tops. And also, you can uh, continue to send in your questions, uh, whichever platform you're watching on here tonight. And uh, we'll get to some of those questions towards the end. Plus, you do not want to miss the patented Mark Grant laundry system for travel. Uh, that's coming up as well. First, though, our chat with Mr. Pomerantz. Really nice to be able to continue to check in with uh, familiar and friendly faces. Mike Pomerantz, Fox Sports San Diego, rocking a very, very strong Amarillo Sod Poodles hat. That's that's outstanding. You know what? It, it's my it's my favorite logo. I think of whew, certainly of all the uh, the teams within our organization. I, it's my favorite. So yeah, I'm proud to represent. By the way, just hope you and, and everybody watching are, are well. I know these are really really tough times so first and foremost man uh thanks for making a little bit of time to say hey and, and i hope you guys are well yeah and to you and your family everybody uh home and healthy so far yeah everybody's doing well thank you for asking uh, i've got uh, one daughter home from college in her sophomore year and i've got another uh, high school junior everybody doing the online thing and uh and they're doing they're doing well and and, and i understand not everybody's in that situation, and uh, my heart goes out. This my entire family heart goes out to everybody who's in need right now. Tough. Yeah, it's amazing. You could talk to 25, 30 different people, and you get 25, 30 different versions of what they're dealing with at home, and it's a challenge for everybody. It's unusual for everybody, uh, but it, it's sort of what all of us are trying to make our new normal is just to, to get through this thing best we can. Whether you got little kids, big kids, no kids, you know, the challenge is unique to every household. So, uh, there, there's no easy way to get through any of this, and I, I think we all we all certainly recognize this. What we're uh, what we're trying most to do with the show is to give people a little bit of a relief, just a kind of sense of normalcy, and, and not necessarily forget that things are going on around us, uh, but just to sort of push them to the side a little bit for a few minutes. And I feel like in our conversation, the easiest way to kick that off would be to talk about a guy that makes everybody smile, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. It was a stellar, if uh, brief, rookie campaign for him in 2019. Obviously, we're all so excited to see what he's able to bring in his second big league season, whenever that may begin. What did you see? What did you like from Fernando Tatis Jr. in year one? Well, I think I, I like what, what you and probably everyone else who had a chance to lay eyes on him like. He, as exciting a player as we've seen. I mean, we, we know where he needs to, to get better, where he needs to improve. We obviously need to see him on the field and healthy uh, a lot more than the 84 or so games he played last year. That, to me, is the big question, but what I like, was I love the energy. It's a, uh, a sport, as we know, that could really use a little personality, a little sock. And, and we always talk about this, Jess. I know uh, everybody's got a term for it. I call it a concession stand guy. Uh, everybody's got their own phrase for it. A kind of guy where you, you don't go to the concession stand until you see him hit. Or you, when you're at the concession stand, you stop and you look at a monitor uh, if you think he's got an at-bat coming. I think there are a few guys like that in the league and for my money especially here uh he's one of them um and and i just find him really really exciting and the mistakes of youth boy lord knows we've made them all in our particular lines of work right um he's he just brings so much um joy to his craft that's what i'm most excited about saying Mike, you, you played pro ball i mean I, I think most people probably know that but one of, one of the most remarkable things about tatis I think to me, as we've kind of continued to talk about it, is the way he influenced the rest of the clubhouse on the field and off the field. I don't want to necessarily go so far as to say he was the tone setter, but they were a different team when he was in the lineup than when they weren't. That is awfully remarkable uh, for a guy going into that clubhouse with guys like Machado and Hosmer who have been around a long time as a 20-year-old rookie and being able to have that kind of impact. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't think it's an overstatement at all. I think, if anything, um, it's fascinating because it, it really is a case study uh, in, I think, the in the chemistry of the game, in that just because you make the most money doesn't mean you're necessarily the guy who galvanizes a clubhouse, um, which is no knock on Manny or on Eric. Uh, it's more to say 
the tables are, I guess the, the playing field in that regard to me is somewhat even. It, it really comes down to who has that type of charisma, who has that type of leadership skill. And I know that, um, you know, you feel the same way I would imagine that a lot of us feel around the game is who's, who, who's the guy who I feel like I'm rallying around and who I'm drawn to and who picks me up when maybe I don't feel my best out there or, or just the, the smile and the energy can, can pull me out of the doldrums. And I feel like he, I feel like he is that guy. I don't, I don't like to anoint people before they're ready because I think first of all, it's unfair to the player. Uh, it's unfair to any of us in any of our positions, right? You, you, you want to let somebody just develop into who they are. So I'm a little reluctant to put too much on the poor guy because he's yeah. barely drinking age. But to your point, um, he has all the ingredients of a guy who could certainly be that fella. Now, most people we spoke, speak with obviously feel the same way as if you're going to be that guy, you have to be out on the field and you have to be out on the field every day. Um, and that I think will be what determines his role down the line. Don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if, if he can stay on the field and look anything like he did last year, the sky is the limit. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's, it's seemingly true with the guy. Um, I, I love too that, you know, we're talking about the chemistry aspect of this because I feel like that's gotten kind of steamrolled uh, in certain baseball circles at times over the last couple of decades, maybe since the Moneyball book came out. And as people who are around teams, um, I, I believe very strongly in that. I love the numbers. I'm into sabermetrics. I can get into all of that stuff with you, but I do think the human element of the game should never, ever, ever be pushed aside. And, you know, you, you kind of brought up our world. Think about anyone's workplace, right? Going into your office, uh, whatever you might do, you could be an accountant. You know, there are different personalities in that office and to get everybody sort of pulling at one, uh, there are going to be people you rally around, those sort of, you know, captains of the ship type personalities. I mean, all of that stuff does matter, especially over the course of a, 186 days or whatever it is uh, when you're, you know, jammed into a clubhouse with these guys for as many hours as you are. Yeah, and then factor in the emotion, right, and the, the, the tension that that emotion brings. Now, we're watching this uh, from an entertainment vantage point, and I speak, I think, for all fans. This is our release, but to these fellas, this is their livelihood. So there is a, um, there's a passion and an intensity uh, which can lead to surliness and irritability if things aren't going well. And who is your, your, your to your point, your, your guiding light? Who is your um, leader who's going to keep the seas calm? through the highs and the lows. And I think that uh, is, is somewhat analogous to, to most other lines of work, but it's, there are few and far between, I think, where you add in those emotional components um, that I think make the job of leader even that much more challenging. Little, little behind the curtain here, by the way, this is the kind of conversation Mike and I would be having, like standing in line in the media dining room at Petco. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly how it goes, you know, pretty much every time. And I miss those. I really do. So this is nice. Uh, for me also. Uh, saw you in Peoria a few weeks ago. I know you were taping a lot of interviews uh, for the spring training telecast and for the big season preview show and and for, you know, other other stuff on Fox Sports San Diego. Anything jump out to you in, in those conversations uh, that, that whenever that was? I don't remember. I'm not going to try. And, and well, it was like the middle of February. It feels like it's, what, six, eight months ago. Yeah. You know, you're right. It is like you lose track of time through all of this. Um, it's. I think I, I look forward to them every year like you. Um, because you get a chance not only to reconnect with guys you think you know and see their progress and, and check in, but in our case, you get to meet a lot of new faces. And for me, that was kind of what I enjoyed the most. I, I enjoyed meeting Tommy Pham, which for me was the first time. Even though he's been in the league a little while, I just never had an opportunity to meet with him. Uh, even Jake Cronenworth, um, picked up from Tampa, uh, had a chance to meet him. And no one guy more than the other. I, I've always thought, we've had a real easy group to root for um, because they're good, good fellows. And, and I, I wouldn't say there was any one particular story that jumped out at me. It was just kind of that feeling that you get right. When, when a fan goes to spring training, uh, you, you just become immersed in that environment. It feels good. It's relaxed. It's loosey goosey. Everybody's in a great mood, all the cliches, but I believe they hold true. And I would say that even for those of us, uh, who are in the business, there's still something exciting and refreshing, right? And revitalizing about being down there and being that close to the bullpen and, and remembering, I think, for all of us, uh, how tough this game is, you know, how skilled these kids are and how much, even when they're struggling, we take it for granted because they make it look so easy. Um, just how hard the game is. And when you see it that close, I mean, that's, 
that's always my takeaway from spring training, even though I had a little bit of time in the minor leagues um, and, and like you and everybody else have been around it a while, it still reminds me like, holy smoke, do they throw flipping hard? Yeah. Oh my God, no wonder why you can't hit that. On TV, when everything's slowed down, it looks like, how do you, how do you swing at that? When you're there, it's that reminder of the appreciation uh, of the skill set they have. And, and that's always, for me, the pervasive theme when I, when I get down there. It's such a special time of year. It's always so much fun. And obviously uh, this year, everything uh, changed in a very big way. I, I hesitate a little bit to, to bring this up and, and then we'll let you go. But, you know, we've been asking everybody, hey, does this remind you of anything? Can you draw any parallels to this? And, and the most common answer, which I suppose makes sense, you know, is, is 9-11. And just in terms of the disruption of normalcy in the country, um, these are two very different events for a million reasons I, I don't need to explain. Uh, but as I'm sure a lot of Padre fans uh, are aware, uh, you were not only, <clears throat> excuse me, working in news in New York and not alone, but on the air uh, that morning. So your perspective, your experience on that day is, is unique compared to any of ours, uh, you know, who were, we were, wherever we were. Um, I would certainly not ask you to do a, a compare and contrast here with that, but the general sense of everything right now, um, you know, the, there are some things, you know, I know for a lot of us that, that do remind us of, of those days following those attacks. Yeah, I, I, I certainly uh, could see why people would, you know, even draw the comparison because I think you use the word uh, disruption, which is really it. I mean, I, th I think that to me is is probably the paramount similarity. Um, the the other similarity is just the way I remember um, first responders, and when we talk and we use words like heroes, and we almost all of us in the media we get too guilty, I'm sure, of using it too indiscriminately. Um, but you can't say enough about first responders, and I know. The Padres do this great job of, of, of uh, recognizing them. But when you see a life-changing event like we're living through right now or, or struggling with um, or, or was the same in 9-11, you have a tremendous, I think, don't you, appreciation for what it is for the men and women who run toward danger when everyone else is running away from it. And that's a similarity that I find. I always felt like calamity in in this country, and I'm sure it long predates our existence, uh, always brings out both the best and the worst in humanity. And I tend to want to focus on, on, the, on the best and the positive, and that's when I see it. I see it. Who, who's a real leader? Like, who, who can rally a group in a, in, in a country in the face of adversity? And it's always the first responder. No one marvels at them more than those of us on the sidelines, right, who wish we could go in to help without getting in the way, know what to do, be productive. Um, and that, I think, it, to me, is, is the greatest similarity. And to your point, the general disruption of life, obviously two completely different situations, uh, a known attack uh, with terrorist intention versus a lot of unknown here um, for things that are not even worth, I think, trying to get into in deep scale right now. But the, the disruption factor and the fact that there's no singular thing right now uh, more galvanizing, I think, than the collective support for those men and women who are truly on our front lines trying to, to probably bring this thing to its, its end at some point. Yeah. And just piggyback on that a little bit. You know, whether we recognize them enough or not, I think we all understand medical professionals are heroes. First responders are heroes. But now in this situation, I start thinking about people working at the grocery stores, the people doing food deliveries, the mail carriers, uh, the sanitation workers, you know, keeping some sense of like the trains running on time, not literally, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to keep society sort of somewhat moving. I mean, it's it's incredible and, and oftentimes, obviously, at great risk to themselves. There's a lot of people doing a lot of amazing, seemingly every day, but not at all things right now. And uh, like you said, that's uh, that's the best in us. And, and hopefully that's what continues to shine through here. Thank you yeah. uh, for joining us. Great to see you. Uh, continue to take care of yourself. Uh, best to the family also. And hopefully we get to have this uh, chat or some version of the, the our argument or conversation about chemistry in person soon. Hey, you know what? Thanks a bunch for having me, Jess. Best to you and your family and to Nikki and all the crew there with you. Um, you're doing a great job of giving us something uh, to focus on and put a smile on our faces while we get through this. And to your point, very, very hopefully, uh, this ends very quickly and we're back doing what we're doing. But in the meantime, from all of us here with the Pomerantz family, and I know I speak for everybody uh, associated with Fox Sports, um, 
our best and sincerest uh, to everybody who's struggling with this. So uh, hopefully this comes to an end very, very soon. A very good man, Mike Pomerantz of Fox Sports San Diego. Uh, great to uh, visit with him and his sod poodles hat and his off-season beard. This question came up. Mudcat's got a beard. Pomerantz has a beard. What's going on with Jesse? Jesse can't grow a beard, man. I hate to tell you. I mean, Mud's seen my attempts at it. It doesn't It doesn't happen. Really bad. If I could just uh, elaborate on Mike Pomerantz. The guy's a pro's pro, man. He's been around. He's worked the desk as an anchor in many, many markets. And as, as you mentioned to Jesse, and people watching what he had to deal with during 9-11. This guy played in the minor leagues too, man. He was a pretty darn good left-handed pitcher out of Clemson, and the pitch in the minor leagues was traded for Lloyd McClendon back in the day. So he played for Pirate Manager. Pirates, yeah. Pirates, Twins, Cubs. So uh, I'm a big fan of Mike's. Uh, Before we get to the uh, patented Mudcat laundry system, I saw a couple people asking about the bobblehead over your left shoulder. Yes. um, You know what? There's been a lot of stuff on social media recently, people putting together lists. And one was former teammates that made an impression on you during your career. And this is probably it's, it's, and I mentioned um, somebody on Twitter mentioned who is my favorite teammates of all time. And it's a photo finish between this guy, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko. When I was with the giants, I was a 20 year old rookie. These guys were 32 and 34 years old. They had the choice to do nothing with me. I mean, they could have just said, you know, hey, do your own thing. Go go your own way. I want nothing to do with you. These two guys could not have been more accommodating and been the uh, the big brothers. And not only always the positive stuff, but also getting on, getting on me to doing the right thing. Um, being a big leaguer, treating fans the right way. Um, being a good teammate, learning the game of baseball. So, so many great things that those two guys. So that's why, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big collector, not a big, you know, bobblehead guy, but Kipe, one career home run, one career off Steve Stone, Cy Young Award winner. So uh, that's, that's my one bobblehead. And if I could, I got two guys, two yahoos listening on to uh, social hour. Tom Barker lips is in Glendale, Arizona. You've met Tom before he's been in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your buddy friend from high school. Yeah, another uh, best friend of mine, Nick Janetti from Oswego, Illinois. They're both listening to uh, Padre Social Hour. So, you guys, thanks for chiming in and listening. Barker pitched uh, basketball, and in fact, he was a pretty darn good basketball player. But his left hand rusted off in the shower; couldn't go to his left. And Nick Janetti thought he was really, really good, but totally overrated. So, anyway, just crushing your high school friends out here. That's not fair. They can't talk back. That's 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 why. Hey, uh, the, the Kruko and Kuiper, I'll, I'll just add, as someone who who regularly now gets to witness your interactions with them in the present, yeah. my sense is they treat you exactly now as they treated you in 1984. Jesse, it's, you know, you know, Mike, um, uh, Chris Paddock has relentless on his glove. These guys were <laughs> relentless at giving me a hard time. I mean, no let up at all. And I know this is a family show, so I can't really share stories. But these guys, now I'm 56, going to be 57, and these guys are, you know, they're 12 and 14 years older than me. But they treat me the same way when I was there. Like one, one night after a game in Houston at the Astrodome, we just lost, and I'm on the bus, and these two guys are walking uh, on the bus getting ready to, to leave the Astrodome. And I go, hey, guys, where are we going tonight? Kruk uh, looks at me and goes, you're not going anywhere. You're going back to the hotel and locking yourself in your hotel room because there's going to be some trouble tonight. And we're not going to get you in trouble. <laughs> it's a good teammate, was, man. I was just like, I was all bummed out. But, you know, he was right. The next day I found out, the police showed up. So anyway. <laughs> You don't want to be the rookie when the cops no, are. I, I didn't want to be a part of it. Yep. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, yesterday, Pete Harnish came up because we were showing uh, opening hey. day 97. Oh, uh, back to back to back home runs. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I know Mud's got some good Pete Harnish stories. Oh man. Pete, Pete and I were teammates in Houston and probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Uh, very uh, New Jersey accent, uh, very quick witted one lines. He told me when he was at Fordham, he got a call from the police station on a Wednesday. He would get calls from the police station. It's Wednesday after, Hey, uh, don't shave for the next three days because we need you in a lineup. And he got like 20 bucks. He was in college, right? So he'd go to the, the police station in the Bronx and uh, he'd, be, he'd be like number four in the lineup. Turn to the right, turn to the left. Okay, you can go. You get his 20 bucks. Very smart too, Pete Harnish. He, uh, he walked into his final one year, I forgot what class it was, with a pencil. He had a pencil 
and a loose leaf sheet of paper for his final. He walks in there like this. And uh, his teacher goes, okay, you guys may begin the exam now. And Pete's just sitting there. He goes, okay, you can start. He goes, I'm not taking the test. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm not taking the test because I can fail this. And I can still ace the course. He goes, Pete, come on. you got." And this is going on. All the students are kind of looking up what's going on. They're going to get in an argument. So Pete goes, I'm not going to take the test. I can, I can flank, I, I can flunk it and I can ace the card. I, I'm not taking it. He goes, if you don't take the test, I'm calling your parents. Pete goes, 658-739-2954. And then he's like, oh, okay, Pete, out in the classroom, out, out of the room, out of the room right now. I'm calling your parents. So he takes him on the uh, hallway and he goes, Pete, come on. I know you're, you know, you're one of my best students. You got to just take the exam. Just appease me. Just take the exam. He goes, okay. He goes, I'll, I'll so they walk in there and uh, he sits down at his desk. Pete stands up, turns around, looks at him, goes, he didn't call my parents. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete was awesome. Pete was great. What a, what a darn good pitcher too. He had a darn good career. Yeah, he did. So anyway, yeah, his name came up yesterday. We were showing highlights from opening day 97, uh, Mission Valley. And uh, I said, I know Mudcat's got some good Pete Harnish material. So I teased it and you came through big time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might've had a Pete Harness baseball card, by the way, when I was a kid, we've been doing a fun thing with tops. Uh, How old were you when he was with the Mets? I mean, it was like mid nineties. I was like in high, middle school, high school, yeah. you know, somewhere in that range. You know all about him then. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know about baseball cards coming up next. Yeah. Right now. Love baseball cards. So we've been asking for these on, on social media, hashtag tops together. These are all cards that have been, uh, tweeted at the Padres, uh, from Padre fans, uh, Raleigh fingers saw Tony, uh, Nick Colbert with the the big double header day. Uh, there's a signed Fernando Tatis Jr. number nice. 33 out of only 50. That's a great look at the 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 changeup coming out of Trevor's hand. I had that card. That's 86. That's taken in Yuma. It looks like that uh, that that shot. That's another thing I love about baseball cards. Jesse. Yes. Try to figure out where the shot was taken. Well, if they're from like the 70s and 80s, and you don't know, it's probably Shea. That was my experience. Yeah. I don't know if all the photographers were in New York. Um, but it, it seemed like every like that might be Shea right there. It's hard to tell. Yeah, that's an away San Diego jersey. You're right. It's kind of like an orange hue in the background. Yeah, with blue underneath. I mean, it's yeah. pretty blurry, so it's yeah. hard to tell. But I don't know if like they only had like two photographers and they were all in New York. But right. um, this is fun. People sending in their wow. their pictures. That's a complete set, you know, collection right there of a bunch. Hey, have you seen the guy? Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter or Facebook. I can't remember what it was. It was a game. He opens up a fresh pack. And he just slides the card down to where you just see the guy's face and you try to guess who it is. No, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? No. It's really, really cool. I don't have a, I don't have a, um, I forgot what year it was, 87 or 88 or whatever. And it was kind of cool because how many, how many cards are in a set? 20, 25, 20 cards, roughly? It's in the pack, yeah. So he would open it up and the first card, he, he would quickly cover up the name on the bottom. Go, okay, that's, um, you know, uh, Jim Layritz. And then, uh, you know, it was, and then the next card he'd slide down just so you see the guy's face and you can see the logo on it and you try to guess who it is. It's a pretty darn good game. Pretty fun. That's cool. Phil Hughes also, who uh, pitched very briefly for the Padres uh, a couple of years ago now, he's got a big time card thing going on YouTube. Uh, we should have Phil on. Let's uh, Phil remember. Hughes? Yeah. Love Phil Hughes. Very, very funny very guy. Active. Very great with the fans. Um, yeah. Good egg. Love Phil. Great. He opens a lot of cards too. So uh, yeah, on his YouTube channel, we'll 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 do some cross promotion. Yeah, Matt Strom's a big uh, card collector too. Matt Strom's an interesting guy. You know, Fargo. he's he's there's plenty of stuff to talk about with Matt Strom. I like that. Is All right, Fargo, North Dakota, somewhere around there. West Fargo. West Fargo. They don't like it in West Fargo when you say Fargo. You know. Really? No, I don't know, <laughs> but it is West Fargo where he's you from. Had me. You had me. <laughs> it's North Dakota, not South Dakota. Hey, when's the last time you washed that shirt? This is the first time I'm wearing it, actually. Really? Because I got some tips. If you bring that on the road and you want it washed, you know what? This uh, this is this was supposed to be like a 2020 new new season shirt. So yeah, let's we we've talked about this on a podcast before. It's a little disturbing, um, but I, I I think it's also fascinating. Um, so so mud does laundry on the road, but not in a traditional sense. Take us through everything here. Okay, what you're seeing there is uh, the bag uh, is my garment bag on the left, the black one. Um, the bag, the Louis bag, is where I pack my shoes belts and socks because you have to accessorize and the the, the laundry you see near the wall is my system i get a towel and every time i wear stuff it's dirty i lay it out on the towel because later on and there there's my shoes 
Um, you have, like I said, you have to accessorize. If a you're going to wear shoes. a blue belt, you got to wear the blue shoes. If you're going to wear the brown belt, you got to wear the brown shoes. And then the flip flops are for walking around during the day. And there's my um, my running shoes, which I never run. Now, when you know you you go out and you 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 work up a lather, and it's the middle of summer, it's 95 degrees out. Well, you, you, I got a problem with throwing on a shirt again after doing that. Just hanging up. No, it's not because first of all, it's gonna it's gonna smell up your closet or your room. So there's a technique to where when you take a shower, you can wash your laundry and then utilize the hangers and, and wring them out and let them dry. And they're, they're dry for the next time. And then, if, you know, never clip your nails at home. Do it on the road because they always vacuum your, uh, your room. So there's some traveling tips right here coming at you. Lest anybody think this is a bit, it it's is not. not. This is a real thing that happens. It's a real thing. I've made the mistake of walking into your room on the road. Often we're next to each other for some reason. And, uh, and, and you walk in and then the laundry hits you in the face because you've got it hanging from every you know possible place. Now, my issue with this, and again, we've discussed this, but for anyone who hasn't heard our conversation, my, my concern, I guess, is, is the, the, the cleanliness issue because you're, you're like you said, you're sweating in these clothes. It's bath soap and you're just sort of What's squishing it. Bath and soap is not clean soap. Of course, it's clean soap, but the you know it's not the same as it going through the spin cycle and all the fancy I things. I go through cycles. There's the there's the uh, initial getting wet, and then there's the soaping up, and then I lather it all up, rinse it out. Once again, lather it all up. But sometimes I'll use shampoo, and you know you get you get the armpits uh, the in the important areas. <laughs> most importantly right and then you, you get a good rinse a good lather going again and i do that three times and you know it's it's rinse wash rinse wash rinse wash ring get the towel out put the shirt in the towel roll it up roll it to get more the moisture out. look mud knows how to accessorize thank you very much whoever that was i appreciate that uh-huh uh it seems like a good time to transition to and, questions and then you, you you snap it to get most of the moisture out yeah. and then you you hang the Close in your room, and um, it works for him. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. You've never, uh, you've never watched anything in your room. No, I don't. No, I don't do. La- if I need to do laundry, I'll find a place to do laundry. Socks from the day before, where you just ran five miles. They go room. in the laundry bag. Yeah. So, so you pack twelve day road trip, twelve pairs of socks. When is the last time we had a twelve? Okay, how many? Eight, eight, okay, eight game. Yes, I, I pack socks for every day. Exercise okay. socks and work socks. Yeah, so do I. Then you shouldn't have to do laundry then. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to wash them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to some questions. People are firing yeah, away. This is a good place to start. Geekster, it's an excellent question. What, what was the question? Why do you need two pairs of flip-flops? Uh, ex- once again, accessorize. If I'm wearing blue shorts, I wear blue flip-flops. If I'm wearing like brown or black, I wear black uh, flip-flops. Uh, the the flip-flops color have to match the uh, what you're wearing, whether shorts or... Uh, and Melody can't stop laughing. Appreciate it. That's what we're here for, Melody. We're here for you. Uh, Cheryl says, you know, hotels have laundry. I refuse to wash a pair of socks for $16. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Keep coming. Uh, I, I noticed my friends, Janetti and Barker, don't have any questions coming their way because they're embarrassed. They don't know how to type. Mud needs to discover minimalism. Uh, here's my philosophy on that. I, I I respect that, but here's my philosophy. If I if I'm gonna pack a suitcase and a carry-on bag, I say pack it to the hilt to where I'd rather have it and not need it, rather need it and not have it. I got a question earlier from uh Gina on Instagram and she said, Mud, what Petco Park food do you miss the most? Wow. That's <clears throat> that's what I like to call a photo finish, hold all tickets. <sighs> You know, and I don't want to offend anybody that's uh, the food. Oh, my gosh. You can have multiple answers. Uh, Buena Frechetta is yeah nails. I mean, it's incredible. Lucha Libre is great. Uh, Seaside Market rocks. Uh, Waterfront has a, an incredible uh, choice of sandwiches and grub that they'll just satisfy you like there's no tomorrow. We're not laughing with you. We're laughing. That's fine. You know, I'm here for you. If you want to laugh at me, go right ahead. It's all, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you're I, a sweet I, man. I, uh, I can, yeah, feel free. It, it, it kind of reminds me like my mom and dad, oh, they're not laughing with you, Mark. They're laughing at you. I'm like, okay, 
I'm fine laughing. That. Yeah, they're laughing. That's all that matters. How, by, by the way, like how it's it, the food question. I, I didn't realize this was going to do this to me, but it just made me miss like everything even more. I mean, you know, you start thinking about it, like, man, I, I'd crush some nachos at Seaside right now. How how about when we travel, Jesse, we talked about going to dinner and stuff like that. But, you know, even I, I enjoy even if the food, well, you're, even if the food isn't great at some of these visiting teams, dining rooms, I still enjoy going there and eating and, and hanging out. And, you know, I know, see, you're you're kind of like uh <laughs> for, for the people watching like you should see when like just united don are sitting out eating or something they're like oh my gosh this is terrible i'm like more for me more for me how about that one picture in cincinnati remember it had the cottage cheese the applesauce Disgusting. mixed oh my gosh it's so good pork chops i think i had peas peas and carrots i think i had peas and carrots and i forgot what a chocolate milk or whatever but yeah <laughs> It's like middle school lunchroom, and you are loving it. A good dining room has cartons of milk. Philadelphia, <laughs> right? Yes. Philadelphia is the best road dining room in all of sports. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. All right, it seems like a decent place to uh, start. Corey uh, wants uh, to know the uh, the Sonics shirt question uh, story. Oh, also, this is good. This came up the other day with somebody. Let me, let, me, let me click on this. Hold on. What's your record for Dodger Dogs Crush? I said it, there was that it, one series... Eight in a series. Eight. It's disgusting. <laughs> exactly. More sodium. Uh, yeah, Corey wanted the, uh, the Sonic sodium. <laughs> Eight hundred grand. Go ahead, Jess. No, uh, the Sonics shirt story. We've told it online. Um, I think that's the only place we've told it. But yeah, you and I accidentally or unbeknownst to one another each bought the same T-shirt in Seattle a couple of years ago. This green Seattle Supersonics T-shirt with the with the logo in yellow, and there was a, a moment in Cincinnati last year. We're at the hotel. We just checked in, kind of shower, whatever, you know, just trying to like wind down after a long day. And Don had like for some reason Don didn't have enough hangers in his closet. I believe right. is is what happened. Yeah. So Don texted me. He's like, "Hey, do you have any extra hangers?" And I said, "Sure, come over and get them." So he comes over to my room. I give him the hangers. He and I are kind of talking out in the hallway. I hear, I hear some rumblings and i recognize the voices outside my room which is right. next to jesse's right so your room's next to mine you hear us talking out in the hallway and you pop out and you're you and i are both wearing the sonic shirt <laughs> you should have seen don's face what what is going on here i believe he was gone he's like i can't deal with you idiots <laughs> yeah yeah that was pretty funny i like uh, to buy the um i'm a big fan of the old ABA NBA t-shirts. I know you and I are big Milwaukee Buck fans and I love the logo. I love the deer bongo, right? I believe. Yeah. We looked it up. It was something like that. Yeah. Bingo or bongo. I think it is, but uh, love that. And uh, love all the old, like ABA, like Kentucky colonels and uh, all those old teams, New Jersey nets. Uh, Spirit of St. Louis. Spirit of St. Louis. Yes, absolutely. We'd love to get all the shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, is it Halloween this week? Uh, it's become sort of like an inside thing. Um, so I'm using I'm using my wife's office because uh, better computer, better for streaming. We had issues at the beginning. And that's just where we happen to keep my son's Halloween thing because uh, we still bribe him with Halloween candy six oh, months. Oh, that's later. nice. So, so, so your son carved that pumpkin? No, it's plastic. It's, oh, it's plastic. I was it's like a little trick-or-treating bucket. It's holding up pretty well if that's a real pumpkin. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> We water it every day. Uh, so I threw a Padre hat on it the other day. That's that's so the only thing. drive him with Halloween candy. Well, that's that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great parenting. We're awesome. Um, anyway, that's it. That's this it? was a lot of fun. We, we talk we talk cards, right? We yeah, talk, we did. Any more questions before we go? Or are we good to go? We'll give it. We'll give it a few seconds of lag. See if anybody right, has anything it's, else. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank um, Cole Gallagher and uh, Henrik Jean. Um, if I'm saying his last name correctly, they hooked me up with the uh, the USB stuff uh, equipment so I could use utilize my mic and my system here at home. So you got a nice little setup there, Jess, with that USB mic. Fancy, yeah, almost like Larry King, Topeka, Kansas. Go ahead, you're out with Debbie Reynolds. The book, <laughs> Jesse Agler is our guest. The book is. Uh... <laughs> I think we'll uh, we'll go ahead and. 
and cut this off now. Uh, okay, wait, wait, you got one thing off yeah. your desk that you have to show people that you have on your desk. One thing. It's not, it's not my desk. I'm, I'm drinking uh, water out of my, it's probably hard to see with the light and everything. Everton, the soccer team I like. It's a okay. pint glass. All right. From Goodison Park in Liverpool, England. All right. I've got a stapler. And with that, <laughs> the rest of the story. That's it. Uh, hey, Thanks. stay safe in Alpine. Be smart yeah. over there. Thank you. Be, uh, and everybody out there, be safe, be smart, uh, stay home, and uh, love your family. And if you have uh, older relatives, give them a call, check in on them, make sure they're okay. And uh, everybody, please stay safe because we want to see you in the future out of Petco Park. Absolutely. All right. Uh, no shows on Fridays. Uh, we're doing this Monday through Thursday. Uh, so we'll be back with you on Monday, a, a new week of shows. Thanks again to everybody who's hung out uh, the last couple of weeks. We've had a good time doing this and, and really do hope it's been a, a little bit of a distraction. So stay safe, be smart, wash your hands, take care of yourselves and enjoy a few moments live of Petco Park as we get out of here. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday at 530.